Hello, I'm Heather Sutty, and this is The Book Alchemist, the podcast for you if you love reading. Let's face it, life is too short for shit books. In this episode, we meet James Taylor, who has a passion for books 24-7. He is the ideal guest for a series dedicated to the magic of books. We talk about the joy of being a bookseller, the perks of working at Waterstones, the authors he highly recommends, and the joy of unintentionally funny books. James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, so excited because <laughs> you are the envy of very many people because you are a bookseller. I am, yes. And you work in Waterstones in the biggest branch in Scotland, which is Glasgow Sucky Hall Street. I do, yes. How did you get into bookselling? Oh, I've been at Sucky Hall Street for about a year now. I started September last year. And I mean, it, it seems like a sort of platitude to say I've always had such a passion for books. I mean, that is just the be all and end all of being a bookseller. It doesn't really matter how much you've read or the kind of, I don't know, literary and inverted commas value of what you read. It is just purely about the passion for books that you have and being able to share that with authors and customers. Um, so in my interview, I mean, I sent in a, an application and I got an interview and I was like bowled over. I was so excited. Okay. Um, and I, I spent ages just writing down like lists of all the best-selling books and books of the month and, and things. But then when I got to the, the interview, it is just really so recommend me some books. Like what? why do you love books so much? And, um, you know, talk to me about how you'd recommend books to a customer. So it's it's purely just for the love of books. And yeah, that's probably how you get into it by by sharing that. Amazing. <laughs> so has reading always been a big part of your life? Like, did you read as a child? I did, yeah. I mean, my mum, I, I think reading is something that has to be kind of passed on to you, I think. Um, and I credit my mum for doing that. I mean, she read to me probably before I even knew what, what was happening <laughs> to me. <laughs> just sitting on the couch. There's pictures of me reading The Scottish Farmer when I was like two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but um, my mum always, I mean, she brought me to the library and books were always such a massive part of my life from when I was very small. Uh, one of the first books that I remember she gave me was The Wombles by Elizabeth Beresford. Um, and I was just obsessed with that book when I was a kid. <laughs> I was like, all I want to do is just be like, live in a hole and Wimbledon and pick litter. <laughs> and like, womble about. And womble about. It was like, <laughs> other kids were dreaming of being a vet or a doctor. And I was just like, I'd like to be a womble. <laughs> but no, so uh, I think reading and the kind of passion for reading, that's something that is kind of very much within the family. And, and I've got that from my mum and my brother as well. He reads a lot. So, yeah. So in terms of books that you love, mm -hmm. um, is there one book particularly from your childhood or your early teens that you really have a, a really soft spot for? I read, I mean, when I came to uni, I mean, I had, I read a book called To the Lighthouse by Virginia Woolf, which I know is about a big classic novel and um, classics sometimes get a bad rap. Mm -hmm. But um, that's one book that stands out to me from my teen years that I read that had such a massive impact on me and I think the, the first kind of like emotional response or like emotional connection I had to a book it's very much about transition between time and how do you deal with loss and I returned to it during the pandemic as well um, and I think you know everyone returned to a lot of books that they loved during the pandemic I mean that's what Bookface is all about and you know reconnecting with with reading when you have so much time but to the lighthouse is about you know, a family and the Isle of Skye in Scotland and um, 
the first part of the book is is set just in a single day, and then the second part of the book is about ten years when the war happens. But also, in that intervening ten years, it started set in 1910, is the Spanish flu pandemic as well. And then you come out the other side at the end. So it felt like a, a book that seemed really applicable to that that kind of time, um, and, and just how the all the characters deal with the changes. Like it just makes you feel so. You can recognise yourself so much in Virginia Woolf, I think, and that's something that I love so much about her, that um, she she articulates feelings that you didn't think could be articulated. Um, and especially in such like, like a weird time as the pandemic, that was that was really, really special thing to have. Interesting. And, and you mentioned university. What did you study at uni? English literature, unsurprisingly. <laughs> I thought that <laughs> yeah, might be the uh-huh, case. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> so I did, I did it at Glasgow, did an undergraduate um, at Glasgow, and then I've just finished a master's in contemporary literature as well, which I put in my dissertation about a week and a half ago. So oh. I'm still knackered. Oh. I'm knackered. Bless you. Um, but I mean, working at Waterstones as well, I mean, that's been a, a godsend over the last year, you know, working and having colleagues as well that, can give me so many recommendations for things I'm interested in. I mean, even I, I know at Waterstones I use now just for pleasure. I mean, that I feel like it's kind of my safe space for reading books that I just, I love and I can switch off and I can just enjoy, whereas uni is quite, you know, full on. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. but, um, but definitely my colleagues and all of them are lovely at the bookshop. I mean, they're just the best people. But they give me so many like tailored recommendations for things that I can like use at uni or you know things to switch off from uni. So mm. yeah, it's it's been fantastic working there. What's the dream like? Do you want to write a book? Do you want to have your own bookshop? <laughs> do you want to get into TV writing, film, drama? What do you want to do? Oh, I mean, I think that's really where I'm at right now. I mean, I love journalism, and one of the things I've been doing a lot. I mean, it's part of it's through Waterstones as well. So um, I was lucky enough to chair some events that I write this year. There was one with Callum McSorley, um, Alice Slater, Martin Griffin, it was the debut crime. And then one was Wharton, JJ Scott and Sarah Thomas. So working with authors is something that I absolutely loved and chairing those, I mean, it was very scary. I mean, you have to be a little bit of a an MC, I think, yeah. trying to juggle a lot of balls uh-huh. at the same time. Big job. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was it, I mean, I was reading... Bob McDevitt sent me sort of all the six books to read while I was writing my final essays for oh so it was an intense month. But I, I absolutely loved it. Um, and I think I'm chairing Kathleen Glasgow in November as well when she does her um, UK tour. So that kind of side of things I love. And I've been lucky enough to interview some fantastic authors as well. Literary interviewing and reviewing is something that I adore. I had an interview that came out last week with Graham Armstrong, um, who is just the nicest man. Genuinely, he's the loveliest man. And the interview, he spent so much time on it, um, which I have so much gratitude for. But... I've interviewed like Coco Malores, who wrote Cleopatra and Frankenstein. Yes. Um, I love the cover of that book. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, Yomi Adegoki, so her book The List has just come out in July. Oh, that's the lilac the, the purple, purple one, one. Uh-huh, yeah. with a big smiley face on it. And it's just, it's just the best thing. I mean, reading for an interview or chairing or reviewing is so different from reading for uni or reading for pleasure. You know, it's it's an, an entirely different kind of procedure you have to kind of switch off a side of your brain switch on another side of your brain Mm -hmm. and be very critical in a in a different way Mm -hmm. um but I I think that especially working in a bookshop you sometimes I mean we have so many authors in but um 
it's easy to forget sometimes, you know, you, you've got so many big piles of books and you, you forget that there's an author attached to these. There's another person that's written this book that's putting so much time into it. So part of the reason I love working in Waterstones and you know, the size of the Waterstones I work in um, is we have so many events with authors. We have so many signings and launches and you get to really feel the the joy from the root, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. of, of reading. So yeah, working with us, I'd love to do something more with that and writing as well would be fun, but I, I, need, a, I need a holiday first before <laughs> I think, <laughs> think about that at all. And of course, you and I met because you sell all of the books when the authors come to the Bookface events. I do, yes. Uh-huh. So... When it comes to recommending a book, like, is there a set formula or how do you do it? I mean, there's two. I mean, I think every bookseller has a kind of repertoire of books that are kind of go-tos. I mean, um, you know, whatever kind of recommendation, there's a book that sort of fits that and you absolutely love and you can recommend it to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, But then... I mean, I've had some I've had some wild answers. I mean, uh, there was a, a customer, I'm sure I'm allowed to say this, so a customer on my first week at Waterstones who asked me for recommendations for an alpha male. <laughs> and it was like... For an alpha for, male. For an alpha male. <laughs> just walk out onto just, Saki Hall uh, Street. Just, uh, I'd walk down to the <laughs> gender section. <laughs> get some kind of mad requests for books that you have to... I mean, you have to have such a wide range of reference. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, there's... I mean, I, I've sat with customers and asked them a million questions about what, what are your hobbies? What kind of... The people that come and say, I've never... I don't really read books, but I want to get started in, in reading books. And you're starting kind of from base zero. Mm-hmm. And you say, so what do you enjoy in your spare time? Like, what are your interests? And and you kind of build up from there. Mm-hmm. And it's really lovely getting a, a kind of picture of each customer. And and by the end, once you've given them a book, it's a, it's a real kind of, it's a lovely feeling to, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, hope that they go home and they enjoy that. And they come back in and say, I loved that book that you, you recommended. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. And it's it's a really, really gratifying experience being able to to recommend, like, um, very specifically to, to a customer's needs. It's wonderful. It's, it's a very, very personal experience, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's why I was interested in asking you, because I think with the advent of AI, mm-hmm. you know, and algorithms. For example, when you go on to Amazon, let's say, mm-hmm. to buy a book, and then it will send, it will pop up and say, uh-huh. you might like these. And I think it's so important that people go to their local bookshop, mm-hmm. whether it's independent or part of a chain, and actually engage with another human. Uh-huh, exactly. Because I don't believe that AI or algorithms are able to really give you a very personal recommendation. No, and there's no enthusiasm behind it either. And I mean, before I worked in Waterstones, I was, I mean, the same, like Goodreads and things or or Amazon. I tried not to go on Amazon, but yeah, there's sometimes you, need, you need, did need to. Um, <laughs> I've never gone on it since I've worked at Waterstones. I've got everything from Waterstones wow. now. Um, but it's such a kind of cold experience, I find, doing, you know, I know like the, the internet is a great resource for finding books. But I found from my colleagues that I've worked in being a customer in Waterstones before I started there, that they can share so many hidden gems, so many things that, you know, an algorithm is never going to know personal details that you want to share, experiences that you've had. And I think that's what makes working in a bookshop so special and being in a bookshop such Mm -hmm. a special place. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a personal place. It's a very intimate kind of um, space to be in, um, which I think is, is different from all other kind of shops. I mean, my work doesn't finish like at six o'clock or seven o'clock. I bring it home with me and I, and I keep it going like mm-hmm. in, the, in the evening time. So um, 
it does it does swallow up most of my life but it's it's not anything I'm unhappy about I love it very much love it <laughs> love your enthusiasm it's so contagious now you mentioned Callum McSorley and Graham Armstrong mm-hmm. bo- um, both of which are on the podcast yes I know it's very exciting do you have like a favourite Glasgow based or Scottish based author oh my goodness I, I mean, mean I know it's a really difficult <laughs> question my, I mean I have I have had such a passion for particularly Glaswegian literature and but Scottish literature generally since I've started working in Waterstones. I mean, because Socky Hall Street is right at the centre of Glasgow. It's because it's the biggest one, it's where a lot of authors come to do their launches. And, and we're really passionate at Socky Hall Street for promoting and backing local authors. I think that's something that is really important for a company of this size to do when you have that the kind of power behind that and, mm. and the space to do that. But I mean, I... I loved like Muriel Spark and Jenny Fagan and uh, you know all of these you know those more Edinburgh authors um Graham Armstrong it's it's wonderful I mean I grew up reading The Bruins and Her Willy that was my mum <laughs> gave me them <laughs> and the Sunday Post she, uh, she, the Sunday <laughs> the Post books. I read The Sunday Post every Sunday and um, The Bruins and Her Willy she she gave me as well from her from her childhood and and seeing your language kind of represented um as a kid it was, wasn't really something that you found in like actual kids books a lot of the time mm-hmm. um and it was wonderful to see the sort of language of my grandparents and, and my family kind of represented but I never kind of found that until you, you actually get to people like Callum McSorley and Graham Armstrong and Peter Bennett and, and all of the rest um who are really doing a lot to push Scottish interests push Scottish language I mean I know there's this kind of rolling debate on as as Scots a language or a dialect or but I, I think that being able to write a novel, write it like a sort of a piece of art, to use a slightly pretentious, but you know what I mean, makes it so much more, I think, possibly to people outside Scotland mm-hmm. who are maybe don't recognise it or, or have the same respect for it as a, a language. Having writers like Callum and Graham and all mm-hmm. the rest is is such an important thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's really been a pleasure to work with them and to see them flourish and to see Glasgow really kind of take them in and mm-hmm. and support them as well and it's, it's you know people like Alistair Gray and something they're actually they're kind of in the fabric of mm-hmm. of the city now which is it's such a beautiful thing to to see absolutely and I remember being at an event in Waterstones in Sucky Hill Street and I met the author of Ginger and Me oh yes uh-huh. yeah they should be school bride yeah yeah and I was really starstruck uh-huh. <laughs> because <laughs> I mean I don't know her I had mm-hmm. read the book but I'm in awe of people who put their heart and soul into books you know it, because it's such a such an investment spiritually mm-hmm. emotionally physically financially you know in, in every which way and that's one of the reasons why I'm passionate about Bookface our book group mm-hmm. which you're a member of in that we only share great recommendations because mm-hmm. there's nothing more soul destroying mm-hmm. than someone dissing your work but also if you've just bought a copy of mm-hmm. a book or been gifted one and then someone goes, oh, it's not very good, it's a bit shit. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, well, don't, you know, like, really? I know, I mean, like, meeting the authors that, I mean, you say you're a bit starstruck when you met 
author Ginger Me, who's lovely. Um, I, I was the exact same when I started working in Waterstones. I mean, Gray McRae Burnett, um, mm-hmm. who, like, case studying his bloody project. Fantastic, he won, he fantastic. He won a prize for... He was shortlisted, shortlisted. for the Booker. Amazing, amazing author. But he's just a, a customer. He comes into Socky Hall Street to buy books and, mm-hmm. and sign stock. And I was so starstruck when he came in for the first time. <laughs> um, just like, oh my God, that's Gray McRae Burnett in the cafe. And, you're um, so clever. I know, you're so clever and cool and talented. <laughs> Um, and now when he comes in, it's just like, oh, what's yourself, I agree. <laughs> it's just, yeah. but you you have such a respect for for their work, actually being able to to speak to them and seeing that. I mean, I've sat down with Graham and had a wee chat with him when he's been in to sign. And I, I think, you know, as I was saying before, reconnecting a, a book that you've read with an actual human being mm-hmm. who's put so much time into this, so much effort, mm-hmm. really sort of elevates the reading experience, I think, for me at least. Absolutely. And it's funny because obviously you come along to mm-hmm. and you sell books at the Bookface events. And I remember mm-hmm. we had one of the sort of biggest names that we've had was Susanna Constantine. Yes. Uh-huh. And I had read her book and I'd obviously dealt with her publishers and I had invited her along and I was really nervous mm-hmm. about her coming along to an event to talk. But oh my gosh, you mean we did two events. Mm-hmm. She was amazing yeah she was so witty warm entertaining mm-hmm. took her time to meet every single person mm-hmm. personally signed all the books and everyone was made up yeah because uh-huh. she made you feel special uh-huh yeah even when you were only in our company for two or three minutes it was really really powerful so i'm all for the opportunity to buy a signed copy of a mm-hmm. book because i think it it's just you know, if anyone ever gives me a book, you know, any authors or, you know, mm-hmm. if it's a gift, I'm like, please sign it. I know, because a book's such a special experience to have. And there's people that have come in, I mean, I've been like, at, at events and people have said, this book changed my life. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And to to meet the person that's given you this experience, really, that has changed your life in such a massive way to, to some people. I mean, it's it's huge. It's quite an emotional thing to yeah. see sometimes. Absolutely, like, absolutely. And that, you know, sometimes it, I'm quite moved when I see people, you know, like it, recently we had Davinia Taylor mm-hmm. and Davinia obviously has written nonfiction books geared towards helping women mm-hmm. lose weight, get their hormones in a better place, sleep, eat well, blah, blah, blah. And people were really like, Oh, they felt mm-hmm. so inspired yeah. by her. And I think mm-hmm. it was just an extra level of inspiration because she took the time to kind of like sign mm-hmm. and chat to people, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that warmth, it is an emotional exchange. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough through Waterstones to work at a lot of book festivals. I mean, before, I think I told you I was at Edinburgh Book Festival mm-hmm. um, this year and I've done like Boswell's down in Ayrshire and I write. And you can see, I mean, there are queues. We had Alice Oseman come in who wrote Heartstopper and the queue for that was just like huge. I mean, mm-hmm. you, and you could see like the, the the real enthusiasm, the real love on every single person's mm-hmm. face mm-hmm. in that queue. Mm-hmm. They were so, and, and Alice spent, you know, so much time speaking to them and she took so much care, which is just wonderful to see. And I think when I go to, events like that it really kind of reinvests that like this is why I do what I do and this is why I love reading books and sometimes I think you know it's easy to 
when it is your like entire life sometimes, <laughs> like which it kind of is, um, sometimes to get a bit kind of like fatigued. But then going to to these events and seeing the actual the real life kind of power that reading and books have, it just it, it makes it all worthwhile. Absolutely. Definitely. And it's tangible and, you know, you're fizzing with positivity and I love that. <laughs> so let's get back to some of your sort of favourite books. So mm -hmm. after you finished studying and you graduated, mm -hmm. did you, was there a book that you kind of, is there a book that you remember reading at a specific time that you just thought, yes? I had, I mean, I was... I mean, this was probably the same as now. I was knackered and really tired. <laughs> and I didn't want to read anything that... I wanted to read something funny. I wanted to read something that was lighthearted and, and positive and not something that I'd had to analyse critically. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but mm -hmm. I think that side of my brain needed a break. Mm -hmm. um, I struggle with books that are funny. Do you? And uh -huh. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, mm -hmm. but... So I've had Confederacy of Dunces... Yes. On my bookshelf forever. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's Sir Billy Connolly's favourite book. And I've uh -huh. had it, I probably had it for at least 15 years. Mm -hmm. Just can't get into it. Well, I, I was actually the same as you. Um, John Kennedy School, I think, is really talented. But there, it's the same as, you know, there's senses of humour. It's the same as people. There are senses of humour that you get and you and you vibe <laughs> with. And there are some other sen people's senses of humour that you necessarily don't. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with books. Um, some books actually aren't really written to be funny, but they are funny anyway. Yes, I like the unintentionally funny mm -hmm. ones. Like if it was marketed to me as a funny laugh out loud, mm -hmm. I then go with this expectation Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be laugh, yeah. laugh, laugh. Uh -huh. I mean, there's so many books that are marketed now as like darkly funny, um, which I, I mean, it's, they're, they're fantastic books, but I, I don't have a lot of time for that kind of, because it's usually just written with a lot of irony and it's not very sincere. Um, when when people say it's, it's darkly funny, it's blackly funny. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, I usually don't really laugh <laughs> when I'm reading those mm -hmm. books. I don't really feel anything. But I'm, I'm all for kind of just mad, surreal, out-of-pocket, books I just like reading something that is is totally original and gives me a totally new experience and I, I usually get those with the 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 kind of funny surreal books so yeah now tell me this do you get special perks working in Waterstones I, I do <laughs> which is really really a big part of the job I mean we get um proof copies of books advanced copies there's a, a way you can speak to publishers and request books that are coming out sometimes you know, a year in advance. Um, so I got things like The Fraud by Zadie Smith and Yellowface by R.F. Kang early to read, which is so exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic. Very exciting. Um, and through that, I got to be a reader for the Debut Fiction Prize as well this wow. year, um, which is uh, Tess Gunty won last year with The Rabbit Hutch and it's Alice Wins in Memoriam, which has just won it this month. And I was lucky enough to be part of the process that goes and I mean as as was hundreds of booksellers across the UK I was lucky enough to be part of the the, the team that helps choose it so I, I was sent proof copies by um lots of different publishers to read and then give feedback on and then we could, we could vote on the the shortlist and the long list mm -hmm. and that as well was lovely I mean because it's all debut novels these are these are completely new novelists who are, are sometimes new to the trade um mm -hmm. who have you know maybe come from different careers or they've been writing their whole life and you can really feel through I mean it's such a lovely thing because it's all throughout the UK um the the enthusiasm that every single bookseller has for all these 
novelist, you want them to do well, you want their books to sell, you want them to write more because mm -hmm. they're so good. Mm -hmm. um, so those kind of opportunities, and I mean, the cheering things like I write and, and the events we have, I wouldn't have got that if it wasn't through Waterstones in my mm -hmm. capacity as a bookseller. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of, um, I mean, we didn't get a discount on the books as well from when we buy. So <laughs> honestly, I think I actually pay my own wages, the amount of money I funnel <laughs> into the company with like, actually buying books. It's terrible. Um, but uh -huh, there are a lot of very good book selling Pairs. or books uh -huh, to, to book selling it's it's fantastic and love it I'm going to put you on the spot now mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions that I'm making up as we go along about books go for it so favourite book that you've read in the last month oh god in the last month you mentioned um, Yellowface I had read Yellowface which I love um, I've reread a book called Death of Bookseller by Alice Slater. I cheered her for I Write and I decided to reread it because I loved it so much. It's about a bookseller called Roach who is like really into true crime in quite an unhealthy way. And she's just obsessed with murders and murderers and she she loves the true crime section. And there's a the the bookshop chain and death of booksellers called Spines, which I think is, is Waterstones. <laughs> I think it's meant to be. Um, Alice used to work in Waterstones. She oh, was a Waterstones she? manager. Yeah, so it's very much inspired by that, I think. Um, and a bookseller called uh, Laura, who's the complete opposite of Roach. She's um, very poetic and flowery and everyone loves her to bits. And she comes to work in the same bookshop as Roach. But Roach starts to realise that um, Laura has a kind of traumatic kind of criminal past and she becomes very like obsessed with Laura. Uh, so it's a great kind of cat and mouse book. Um, but the it's, it's funny, I was saying to Alice when I was reading it, the the kind of politics of the bookshop was, was just as interesting as the kind of guts and murder plot. Yeah. <laughs> like all the, oh my God, I can't believe they put that book there. And oh my goodness, they dismantled <laughs> the table without asking any, oh my God. <laughs> like it was, um, so it's funny reading that from a kind of bookseller's perspective. And, and I, I love that book so much. And when that came out, um, I got the advanced copies of that sent as well. So many booksellers up and down the country, you know, totally got behind it because they could see themselves in it. Um, and sometimes not in a great way, but it's a very boozy book. I would say that they go out to the pub every night and I think that's something a lot of booksellers also do. Um, but no, that's something I read this month and I, I really loved it. Is there one particular book that you have generally recommended the most? have found that I, I kind of am drawn towards crime and there's a wee group of us in, in Socky Hall Street who are absolutely obsessed with like golden age kind of 1930s and 40s Agatha Christie kind of crime um, and we have a wee group chat that when, when anyone sends in or like when we get new editions of Golden Age Crime Books or Hercule Poirot Puzzle we send into the group chat and go, who wants that reserved? Who wants that put aside for them? And I want to be in that group it's chat. It's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, so there's, Socky Hall Street has a, has a big kind of crime readership. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a book, it was, it was written by a lady called Olga Tokarczuk. Um, it's not necessarily like a traditional crime story, but it's called Drive Your Plow Over the Bones of the Dead. It's a, it's a funny book because Olga Tokarczuk won the Nobel, but um, it's massive on TikTok. Her books are like a huge kind of social media thing. It's about a woman in a Polish village called Yina Jezeszko. And she's a total animal rights activist. She's um, very much into astrology and William Blake. And there's a hunting group in this Polish, Polish village. 
members of this hunting group start getting killed off one by one. And Yenina thinks it's the animals that are taking revenge on the hunting group. She goes to the kind of crime scenes and she's like hoof marks or like, like you know, it looks like a hoof, you know, hit someone's head. Mm-hmm. Um, so she starts to sort of and try and investigate and try and get to the bottom of this. And it's it's a fantastic novel. It's it's amazing. And that's one that I, I kind of come back to all the time as just a, a, a great recommendation. It's it's a thriller. It's a kind of crime novel as well. But it's also very re- reflective and quite philosophical. It's, you know, to do with animal rights and, and, and human rights and how do they interact. So... You know, it, it, people are asking, I want something really fast-paced and you, you could give them that, but if they say, I want something quite reflective or or um, thoughtful, you can also give them that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's one of the kind of big ones in my kind of list of books that I can just sort of recommend to anyone very easily. And it's a book I love to bits as well. Amazing. Very quickly, because I could chat to you all day <laughs> about books, James. <laughs> We're on the run up to Christmas. Yes. What are the big books that we should be looking out for? Because obviously, um, you know, Trini Woodall is releasing mm-hmm. her has released her book Fearless. Yes. There's there's lots of um Christmassy, you know, Shirley Ballas has released mm-hmm. her, you know, Murder on the Dance Floor. Uh-huh. Oh, my you colleague know, got a, a advanced copy of that through as well. It came in like with glitter and everything and in the box. Really? It was amazing. It was it was very, very Shirley Ballas. So they're 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 big celebrities so like Mm -hmm. you know they don't need any kind of support really Mm -hmm. so are there any books that you've read maybe an advanced copy that people would be excited about on the run-up to christmas i mean i think um richard osman's book um the last devil to die that's coming out that's gonna be massive for christmas richard osman is always massive for christmas what's the secret of his success do you think oh i think that i mean i say this as a kind of cozy crime fan as well um it, it appeals to such a, a wide readership. The same as like Ag- Agatha Christie. You know, she's the best-selling novelist of all time for a reason. That um, her books are, you know, so well-written and so propulsive, but it doesn't like take a lot out of you to read them. It's not like an exhausting experience to read them. It's, you know, they've they're got a lot of humour behind them as well. So you can kind of pick them up in whatever mood, um, whatever is going to happen in your life and still, you know, read them with ease. And I think Richard Osman has kind of tapped into that as well. Um, he's done very, very well for himself and he's a fantastic author. We had him in actually. I'm, I missed him. He was in the same day as Douglas Stewart came into the oh. shop. So they both came in in the same day, which was mad. Um, and I was off that day. Oh. <laughs> I was mad about it. Um, but that will be massive for Christmas. And there's a few books, I mean, In Ascension by Martin McInnes, um, which was longlisted for the booker. I think because Martin is, Martin used to be a bookseller. I think he was, he was based in Edinburgh. Um, and that has got a lot of backing in Scotland, particularly. Um, when that comes out in paperback, I think that's going to be massive. I think that's maybe coming out later on in the year, just because of Martin being a Scottish author, but mm. also because of you know how well he's done. Um, it's also a very unusual thing to be nominated for the Booker. It's a like in a sci-fi novel, mm-hmm. um, so I think people are really getting behind that as well. Yellowface, but I mean Yellowface has been mad ever since that came out as well. So I, I think I've hoovered it. Yeah, it was funny because even though I didn't particularly like the characters, mm-hmm. I just loved the propensity of it because I just couldn't wait to find out uh-huh. what was going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I love books where I actually don't like the characters sometimes. Or like, you know, oh, the characters need to be relatable, or you know, that's a big thing when you're like authors are trying to write a novel no they don't no they don't need to be likable <laughs> you know you can... well, that's the thing because it's fiction uh-huh. isn't it yeah. it's not real life uh-huh. no yeah, exactly no, so my final question mm-hmm. 
of all of the books that win prizes, whether it's the Pulitzer, the Booker, the Costa Coffee, the whatever prize, mm-hmm. do you have a favourite prize-winning novel? And the reason I'm asking is because I have two, not one. Ooh. So far, because mm-hmm. obviously there's lots of books that I still haven't read. Yes, I read it. But <laughs> one that's topical, and I was o- almost intimidated to pick it up because mm-hmm. it's a doorstop, but also when I see things like Pulitzer Prize winning, I think, oh, mm-hmm. that's too clever. Yeah. But it was All the Light We Cannot See yes, by yes, Anthony Dewar. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. So what would yours be of all of the prize winning ones, whether it's McIlvany, you name it? Oh my goodness, that is a that is a massive question. I mean... Shuggy Bain, I think that was amazing to see that win the Booker, and I, it's 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 a a difficult novel definitely in theme. Um, it's quite a lot of tragedy behind it, but it's it's hopeful I think in the the, the grand scheme of things. And I think I'm right in saying Douglas Stewart was the first Scott to win since like James Kellman won back in the 1990s, um, and Saki Hall Street launched both um, Shuggy Bean and Young Mungo, um, which was such a pleasure to to you know have in the shop. Um, and Douglas Stewart's a great friend of the shop as well. So seeing books like that about Glasgow and about Scotland get um, kind of prize winning recognition, and I I could totally empathise with like sometimes prize winning novels seem a bit unapproachable and they seem a bit kind of out there Highbrow and you know, I'm a, uh-huh. or unattainable to understand yeah. or enjoy uh-huh. I, I think that I'm a, I'm a massive believer in like I, I, I don't believe in the uh, kind of intellectual kind of hierarchy with books I think that you know if an author expects you to have a certain level of education or or you know class or whatever before mm-hmm. reading a book they're doing it wrong mm-hmm. you should be able to approach any book with any level of learning and, and enjoy it all the same and I think that's the the books that I most enjoy recommending and I most enjoy reading, definitely. But um, and Shuggy Bane is one of those. It's all about emotional experience and, and authenticity and that's what makes a, a genuinely pleasurable reading experience. So, yeah, I loved it. Thank you so much. Thank for you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Being on the podcast. Honestly, I could chat to you all day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Pay it forward and follow us on Instagram at the.bookalchemist. <laughs>